Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. And it is that time of the week. Fresh thinking time. It's a great day to be here with you, to be in studio. I hope that you're having a wonderful day. And uh, some of us have our kids at school and some of us don't have our kids at school. Whether it was interesting, I had a very interesting conversation earlier today about some people really, really upset over the fact that there was not school for the kids today because it feels like it's just a creeping holiday that's going to eventually swat up the whole week. And I'm sure other people are really happy about it and out of town and having a good time. So whichever position it is that you find yourself in, I hope that uh, from now until the holidays are over will be a good time and a relaxing time and a rejuvenating time. I love the way that Freedom Day as a local public holiday always coincides with Freedom Day as a Jewish holiday. In other words, some years, quite quite often it's around about Pesach, and this year when it isn't, it's literally, Freedom Day is literally two days before Pesach, Sheni, the second Stab that we have at Pesach So it's quite something I think it's nice when these things kind of overlap When it's almost as if the the holy energy that is around at this time Is being felt in the ordinary world I think, I think it's quite something So that's not what we're going to talk about today though We're in the middle of the counting of the Oimer I think you could probably say we're uh, more than in the middle We're over the halfway mark and this is a time when we're supposed to be introspective and we're supposed to look at our characters and we're supposed to identify things within ourselves that perhaps need some more attention or could be improved or perhaps could be taught to others because we're doing so well with them or whichever particular angle or area of introspection we take. But it is that time of the year. And the way that it works is that from the second night of Pesach until the holiday of Shavuos, which is coming up on the 19th of May, during that period, that seven-week period, we count. We count every single day. And then at the end of each week, we tally up and, and count the week as well. So in other words, we say today is X amount of days, which is so many weeks and so many days in the Omer. And it's not just simply a countdown to the next holiday, which I do feel is something we do a lot. You know, you see people as they come back in January, oh, I can't wait until the next break, which is probably March, April time. And then you're going to see next week, people are going to say they already start talking about June, July and the winter holidays. So it's not just simply a countdown from one holiday to the next, but the whole idea of counting the Omer is to give us an opportunity to take apart our personality piece by piece. According to the mystics, we have 49, actually 50, but 49 that are within our reach, 49 elements of character, 49 facets to our soul. And we've got to look at each one and examine how's this part of me doing what could i do to improve myself how could i improve myself so that's the focus at this time of the year and essentially what happens then is each week lands up being a theme because out of those 49 facets the truth is that there are seven major themes of the human personality and during these seven weeks of counting the Omer, we focus on one of those themes each week. So I thought it would be a nice idea to pull something out of the theme for this week and to analyze it. And it raises some very interesting questions, very interesting questions. And maybe if we have some time, I'll also tell you earlier today, I asked on social media, what was the most thought-provoking question you were asked 
in recent time. And I got some very, very interesting questions, some of which actually relate to what we're going to be talking about today. Now, as always, you are part of this conversation. So as always, you're welcome to weigh in via SMS on 34519, via WhatsApp on 61 895 You can phone the studio 01. 01403020. And of course, one of our favorite means of communication, you can tweet at Chai FM. You can tweet me directly at Ravashish if you prefer. So at this time, as we go through the counting of the Oimer, this week, the theme of this week, and we're nearing the end of it, is the character trait that is called Netzach. Now, Netzach is an incredibly powerful part, potentially, of who we are. A lot of success could be achieved by mastering this particular element of Netzach. And I will explain what Netzach is. Don't worry, we're going to talk about it. And then next week, the focus is on the attribute called Hoid, which is almost, almost the counterbalance, you could say, of Netzach. Well, it certainly is the counterbalance. I was going to say almost the opposite, but opposite is not a healthy word. There are contrasts within Every system, and that's what balances a system. So there's there are contrasts within the human system, and that's what creates balance in our humanity. So we'll talk about what Netzach means, and we'll talk about what Hoid means. And I'm going to give you a major clue as to what it's all about by asking you the following question. And I'd be very, very curious to hear what you think about it. So you look around at people in the world, and there are all kinds of people who rise to prominence and success in different areas. Now, no, you've got to always be careful when you use the word success, because straight away people ask, well, how do you define success? Just because a person has done well in a particular area does not mean that they're successful. Yes, we all agree on that, and that's a worthwhile conversation and analysis to have, but not now, because it is possible for a person to succeed in a particular area without necessarily having a total success in their life. So when you look around at people who have succeeded in various areas, people who have succeeded financially, people who have succeeded athletically, people who have succeeded politically, people who have succeeded in terms of innovation, in terms of understanding the world, in terms of shifting human thinking. There are so many arenas within which a person can succeed. So the question is, in order for a person to succeed, and, and think of the stories that you've heard from successful people. Think, I'm sure, like most of us, we've had the opportunity to to watch some of the top people in the whole world tell their story, how they got to this particular position. So when you think about people who have succeeded in whichever area it is, when you think about people who have risen to the top, many of them not necessarily from a position of privilege. Many people have risen to the top from a position that was quite difficult and compromised. So what would you say? What would you say gets people to those positions? What would you say is the secret of a person attaining success? Now, I've got a, a two-sided, like a binary question that I'm planning to ask, but I'm going to hold off on that question just for a moment, just to hear if anybody, just just even send in a one word. What do you think is the one thing that is common to people who succeed in whichever area it is that they succeed in life. Again, it could be that somebody succeeds in a particular sport. It could be that somebody succeeds on the big screen. It could be somebody else succeeds just simply in terms of being good and kind and generous 
and, and humanitarian. There are so many areas of success, but we all know that every particular arena in life has its front runners. So what gets them there? What would you say is the one thing? And I know you're going to say there's more than one thing. That's fine, but just pick one. Pick one for now. What would be the thing that drives a person to success? What is that one ingredient that you'd see as being common to all kinds of successful people? And think of people, think of people either who you know personally or who you know just simply because their story is so public and their story is so celebrated. So you should be able to start to identify that there are certain things that are common to people who succeed. And uh, let's just throw around some ideas of what what those common things might be. Now, as I said, I've got a particular direction in mind, and I'm, I'm going to guide the, the conversation in that direction shortly. Also see if anybody gets in with suggestions of their own before I do that. But I'm specifically going to actually look at two possible answers and how they weigh up against each other. Okay, so I'm giving you a little bit of an insight as, as to where this conversation is going to go. So there are obviously multiple answers, but I'm going to, I'm going to pull out two and try and contrast them, and let's see if we can get some kind of clarity on which out of those, or something perhaps that you suggest that's that's really, oh gosh, didn't think of that, what would, what would be the hallmark, what would be the overriding character trait of the person who succeeds, again, in a particular area, we're not looking for the person who succeeds in everything, because I don't think that that person exists, right? You agree? Nobody who gets it right in every single area. That's often what we do. We see a person who's successful, and to mask our envy of their success, we say, yes, but who says that that's the definition of success? What's their family life like? What's their personal health like? Or whatever it is that we dig up. Okay, so that's the, fair, that's the reality of the situation. Not everybody is, is successful, and those who are successful are not successful in every area. It's not going to happen. So fine. Turf that. We're not going to talk about that. But what would you say? What would you say is the thing, that ingredient, that X factor that makes a person succeed? 34519 or WhatsApp 0618951019. Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. Okay, so it looks like uh, nobody's that gutsy just yet to start the ball rolling over here. So my question was going to, well, my question was, what would you say is the thing, the X factor that helps people to succeed? So um, I'm going to help you along then. I'm going to help you along, okay? So here's the question crystallized. Here's the question better defined. When you listen to people's stories, often what you hear from people who have succeeded in a particular area is the story of their perseverance. That's often what people will tell you. They stuck to their dream, even though there were so many naysayers and so many obstacles and so many challenges and people told them it could not be done. What was it? Thomas Edison It has a famous line. I, I suspect that it's probably been somewhat exaggerated but the quotation that's used is it took something like a thousand attempts before he actually got the concept of electric light to work and they said to him how does it feel to have failed so many times and his answer was that those weren't failures that was all part of the process of success and many, many times that's what we hear from people. How did you come to succeed? Because I put my head down and I didn't look left or right and I didn't lose focus and I said I was going to prove them all wrong. I had a conversation earlier this week with somebody who said any time that a person says to him, this cannot be done, his natural reaction is, 
challenge accepted. And often that is the case. I think it might be quite a Jewish thing as well. But that's often the narrative that we hear from people. The 10,000-hour rule, as an example, for those who are familiar, so the 10,000-hour rule essentially says that if you keep doing something again and again and again and again, and eventually you hit that tipping point that they quantify as 10,000 hours, Malcolm Gladwell speaks about it, um, among others, where you, you've done something for 10,000 hours, you then become proficient in that particular area, and then you become the expert or you become the success story in that particular area. So to use an example, the Beatles, they did the 10,000-hour thing. That's how the story goes. So they spent night after night after night playing these cheap gigs in bars all around the UK and Ireland. I don't know exactly where they were. Just playing gig after gig after gig until eventually they had become so connected as a group and so proficient in their particular musical style that when the opportunity arose for them to be able to get a record uh, contract, they just flew. They flew off the charts. They say that Bill Gates was similar. I think it was Bill Gates, if I'm not mistaken, as a college student happened to have, or even possibly still as a high school student, happened to have access to a computer at a time that most people didn't, sat there programming, programming, programming again and again and again and again. And eventually, after 10,000 hours, or of course, that's a, a generic number, but you get the idea, eventually became so proficient and had such insight into the concept, the world of computer programming, that he was able to do things that nobody else was able to do. And you can keep going and keep going. How many stories do you know of people that they just pushed, they pushed, they pushed, they persevered, they kept their focus, they did not get distracted. And that is to what they attribute their success. Now, in order to do that, in order to hang on to a dream, in order to follow a vision through, that would seem to imply that what you need to have is a little bit of stubbornness. Certainly, you've got to have a single-minded focus. In other words, if somebody had come along to whoever it was, Steve Jobs, um, I don't know, Tiger Woods, and tell them, listen, the way you're going about things actually isn't right. Maybe try this. We don't know if they would have become the prominent and successful people that they did become. So there's an implication in perseverance that says, if you are inflexible, if you just hold on to what you believe at all costs, that is what produces success. And then you get another perspective and you listen to other people's stories and the story sounds almost the exact opposite where you have people saying the measure of my success, the reason that I got to where I got to, and you often hear this with politicians. I suppose you hear it in every industry. That's the truth. The person says, I was able to shift with the trends. I was able to adapt to new realities. In fact, very, very often, that is exactly what spells the success or failure of really powerful people or organizations is their ability or lack thereof to be able to adapt to new situations. So some people will tell you that the secret of their success is their flexibility, is their, their pliability, their openness, their capacity to be able to shift and change as circumstances shift and change. So 
listening to different people presenting their thoughts on what is the path to success, you might very well land up with two completely different approaches. The one that says, just keep going, just keep pushing, never give up on your dream, never give up on your dream, keep going, implying some kind of inflexibility, but not in a negative sense, a positive inflexibility, nobody's going to steal my dream, versus the other narrative that says, the only way to success is you've got to be a little bit elastic. You've got to be able to morph yourself into different situations. You've got to be able to get up when the punches come and they don't necessarily go the way that you would have expected or you would have wanted. So my question is, let's say that those are two powerful and common narratives that you hear from people about what it is that produces success. So my question is, which one do you think is correct? And maybe your answer is going to be different strokes for different folks. Maybe some people find success by driving on and never stopping like the little train that could. And other people are going to tell you that actually, in my reality, the only route to success is pliability, is the fact, as they call it in today's world, that I have neuroplasticity. The ability not to be locked into a particular perspective or into a particular way of doing things or into a particular dream. And it's an interesting debate or it's an interesting study, I suppose, because you could land up with people. I'm sure if we put people into a room, I'm sure we could land up with leaders in different areas of life taking quite strong views on which is the correct approach. Is the correct approach the head down and keep going or is the correct approach the be soft and be flexible? I think it could, I think it could be quite an interesting conversation. I'd love to have this conversation with like a group of leaders in various, in various disciplines. That would be very, very interesting. Uh, here's an SMS from Moshe who says, I think it's having courage and confidence to go with dreams without worrying about what others think and not to confuse that with arrogance. Now, that's, that's a very important point because sometimes what does happen is people disguise arrogance in confidence and arrogance doesn't get a person necessarily to success in fact on the contrary sometimes arrogance just wraps people up the wrong way and then they don't support you so i I, I have to be really careful with names because the minute you use names people paint a particular picture of a particular individual and start coloring everything that way but we could think of individuals probably in the political arena most who exude confidence but in the meantime it's actually arrogance so that's a very important point so Moshe is saying you have to have courage and confidence to go with your dreams and not worry about what others think what do you think do you think that the path to success is built on perseverance and focus or do you think it's built on flexibility and the ability to roll with the punches it's an interesting one so give that some thought and I'll happily take your SMSs on 34519, your WhatsApps on 0618951019. You can tweet at FM or me directly at Rabbi Shish and you can call 0101403020. So Pick and Pay Hyper Nord has the following specials that are valid until the 6th of May. They've got their kosher butchery Beef mince, 
89 Rand 99 per kilo. The Kosher Butchery has also got beef burgers, also 89 Rand 99 per kilo. They are also offering kosher chicken bry packs. 79 Rand, 99 per kilo. And the Pick and Pay Kosher Butchery is selling chicken at 79.99 per kilo. Then Pick and Pay also has whole frozen hakes for 79 Rand, 99 per kilo. And Av Daily crumbed fish cakes are 59 Rand, 99 for 600 grams. That's Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood. So there you go. Something to think about. Go do some shopping, it sounds like. It is 2.30, or just after. Fresh thinking. If you've just joined us, you are with Rabbi Shishla talking today about, well, what's the secret of success? I know it sounds maybe a little bit glib to to say that because that's one of those conversations that people always have, and they use these cliched kind of references. But I'm asking more specifically, is the path to success based on focus and almost unmoving commitment or is it built on flexibility and ability to roll with the punches here's uh here's somebody who says someone who is more flexible and goes on so i mean it's all very well to to say someone who's flexible i mean we could get one word answers up here but that's not going to to help so this comment continues what happens if one has a great way of doing things and someone comes up with an even better way to do things if one sticks to one's guns, the plan may not come together as well as it could have if one was more flexible. Well, that's exactly my question. That's exactly my question. Because there are those people who will tell you, yes, somebody else comes up with the, what they believe is a better plan. But I really know what is correct. And that's why I believe in it. And that's why I'm pushing it. And that's why I'm not going to waver even if somebody comes with the most logical arguments or the most plausible presentation of why things should be different. This is the heart of the question, right? Do you decide or do you behave based on what you believe is going to be right and how you believe it should be achieved? And again, many people will tell you that that's how they succeeded. Or do you have that flexibility to be able to roll with the punches? And maybe if something comes up and it's not exactly what you thought or expected, then you're okay. You shift. Now, Shoshana says over here, the answer is flexibility and says, look at our patriarchs and matriarchs. They had to be able to adapt to ever-changing situations and to be resilient. Now, that's interesting because obviously we're going to mine the Torah for wisdom on this. And you look at the stories of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rochel, and Leah, and their stories are full of surprise twists and turns. So you have, for example, Abraham, 75 years old. He's committed to God. He's doing what he should. Next thing he's told, leave home and go to an undisclosed location. Turns out the location is the land of Canaan. He gets to the land of Canaan. No sooner is he there. And there's a famine. He has to leave the land. And in doing so, he's got to come up with a really out-of-the-box, or for those people who know the story, actually an in-the-box solution for the fact that he was worried the authorities might go running after his wife. And then he's got to deal with the fact that he has infertility. And then he's got to deal with the fact, and of course that's in the context of God saying, I'm going to make you into a great nation. And hello, I don't have any children. So et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? You have Jacob under the chuppah, turns out wrong girl. <laughs> there, there are so many scenarios that you could think of in terms of the matriarchs and patriarchs that actually 
did require incredible flexibility. But I just wonder, is is that the secret of their success? Because if I take the patriarchs and matriarchs, I could say that they were absolutely inflexible in terms of their value system and their belief system, and that they were not going to give up on. So Abraham had a campaign that he was going to educate the whole world about the fact that there is a God. And that was unwavering, and there was nothing to discuss, and it wasn't going to move. So yes, along the way, there were certain things that happened that were Honestly, not necessarily related, or I suppose they were related to his core product or his core goal in life. And he was like, okay, but I'm not going to shift my goal just because this particular thing happened. I'm not even going to shift my approach to my goal because that particular thing happened. And that's what's interesting about it because you see in the story of the matriarchs and patriarchs that you could easily say they were flexible because they didn't get taken down by unexpected events in their lives. Sure. But in terms of the goal of their lives, they were wholly inflexible. They were completely 100% dedicated to those particular goals, which were primarily the goals of bringing godliness into this world and nothing could shake them or shift them from it. So that might just be an argument actually against the flexibility argument and maybe Dafka in favor of the, I don't like to use the word stubborn, but basically the stubborn kind of approach. Uh, yeah, okay. Let's think about that. A few people saying the same thing, so I'm not going to share every message that comes through if it's identical or, well, not exactly. They're never identical, but you get the idea. So <clears throat> talking over here about this uh, issue of what is the question, what is the um, – not the question, what is the secret of success? Would you say it is flexibility or would you say it is perseverance and sticking to your goals? And it is, of course, you're always going to have people to say that it's uh, a bit of both. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. There's a number of people saying that. And I'm going to come back to exactly that point, not to say that that's incorrect. Uh, it probably is correct. Um, Elaine says it's not about, if not about tenacity and flexibility, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's my question. Tenacity or flexibility, which one is the dominant feature of success? Now, the reason I'm talking about it, I said right at the beginning, is that this is the time of the year we were counting the Omer. And in the counting of the Omer, you're supposed to reflect on different parts of your character and see what could be improved and how it could be improved. And this particular week, the focus is on Netzach, and next week the focus is on Hoid. And I promised that we'd come back and define what those two things are. So let's do that, or at least let's do one of them for now. And that is the term Netzach. Now, the Hebrew word Netzach translates directly as eternal, something that is La Netzach, something that lasts forever, or as the expression goes, Netzach Sela Voed, something which lasts eternally. Now, of course, there's nothing that is truly eternal in our experience. God is eternal. Nothing in our experience is truly eternal. So obviously the implication is something which is enduring, something which doesn't run out of steam, something which does not dissipate over time. So Netzach therefore has to represent tenacity or perseverance because that's the part of ourselves that keeps going when the rest of ourselves doesn't want to go any further. That's the part of us that helps us finish the race meet the deadline, still do the right thing, even when we've been disappointed by society, and so on. That is Netzach. So this week is the week that we're supposed to focus on Netzach. What's interesting about it is that in Hebrew, the word Netzach is also related to the Hebrew word, which is Nitzachon, which means victory. And of course, you can see the correlation immediately, because in order to be victorious, you need 
tenacity. If you think in a military situation, if you think in a sports match, who wins? The one that has greater tenacity. It's not always the one who has greater skill. And maybe that's why we had such an incident here with local sports, with people being upset because you expect the the, the more uh, prominent team to win. And it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes it's dafka those with greater tenacity, with a, a greater ability for perseverance who reach the nitzachon, who reach victory. That's why very often when we talk about success, we link success, which is nitzachon, I have conquered this particular area. I've been victorious in this particular area. We associate that with the Midas HaNetzach, with this component of human character called Netzach, which is tenacity and flexibility. And it's really important to know that because nothing happens in the world without somebody being tenacious about it. No change ever happens unless somebody keeps pushing for that change to happen. Somebody sent me a video earlier this week, and I can't remember the name of the guy, but he gets up in front of this large crowd and it looks like it's quite a prestigious dinner, and he's, he talks about his success. And the whole thrust of his talk is, how did he succeed? Because he just did what needed to be done. He put his head down, shoulder to the wheel, pushed and went. His netzach got him his nitzachon. His success was the result of his capacity for perseverance. So this whole week of the Omer, we're supposed to examine the various shades and facets of our ability to persevere and to be tenacious. And very often that is exactly the key to success. One side of the coin. Cynthia says on WhatsApp, first make sure your negative ego is out of the way. Yes, Tick that box. That's very important. I'm going to read it again. Cynthia says, first make sure your negative ego is out of the way. Then go with what you know and flexibility. You can actually learn from seeing things from another's point. Then decide for yourself. Now, the tenacious people, the perseverance people are going to say, yes, but they're going to dilute my view or my dream or my opinion. What do you say to them? 34519, if you'd like to SMS or WhatsApp 061 895. 1019. You can still call the studio on 0101403020. What do you think is the secret for success? Perseverance, tenacity, or flexibility? Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. Okay, so it becomes an interesting conversation. So, Netzach, that's what we're talking about at this point in time, the particular character trait that we're supposed to focus on during this particular week of counting the Omer. And it represents our ability to keep going, to push, to overcome obstacles, not to be uh, scared off by challenges, not to step down because people are cynical of what it is that we believe. So it's our ability to persevere, to cling and hold on for dear life, to push that particular dream until the dream becomes a reality. And many, many people will tell you that that is actually the secret of their success. But then you have people like Cynthia's just WhatsApp who said, you've got to have a combination of both. And maybe that's where life becomes a little bit tricky. So before we can talk about the combination, let's talk for a moment about hoid, which is the character trait that is related to next week. So next week of the Omer, when I say the week, it starts actually from Saturday night. And uh, because that's how, that's when the second night of Pesach was. So that's when we'll start the next week. So on the, on, on Saturday night, this coming Saturday night, we'll start what is called hoid. Now the, 
character trait of hoid, I don't want to go into the direct translation because it doesn't help. The direct translation that people use for hoid is splendor. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know how many people think of themselves as having a character trait called splendor. But when you go to the root of the word hoid or you develop other words out of that root, you get the word hodda, which is acknowledgement. It, it could also mean gratitude, hodaya. To show praise or gratitude to somebody But the idea of hoid is that it's acknowledgement So for example when somebody has a different opinion to yours And you acknowledge and say you know what you've actually got a point Not easy for a person to do generally speaking Especially when you believe in something It becomes particularly difficult to hear another view To be open to the possibility that maybe the way that you're going about things Isn't exactly the correct way And that's why hoid in our conversation Would talk to the heart of flexibility But it's really important that we understand the correct version of flexibility in exactly the same way as we understand the correct version of perseverance. You see, the nature of humans is that we have all these character traits that could potentially be very positive, but they could also potentially be completely negative if we don't know how to use them. So the idea of hoid, maybe a good word for it is acceptance. Flexibility may not necessarily be the correct word, whereas acceptance gives us a different shade and a different angle. You know, the Talmud says a person should always be, and the word that it uses is pliable, like a reed, and not so inflexible like a cedar. Interesting, because in much of Torah literature, the cedar tree is always seen as quite positive, and it's used as imagery for various things in Torah. But a reed, think about it. Just picture in your mind that great big cedar tree, and then picture a reed. What's the big difference between them? Well, the cedar tree doesn't shift when the wind blows, and the reed does. But that all really depends on the force of the wind. So notch that wind up a little bit, and it becomes hurricane or even gale force, but certainly hurricane force, and that's the end of the cedar tree. It's going to crack. It's going to break. It's going to fall over. Whereas the reed, which is flexible, just bends in the direction that the wind is blowing. So the Talmud says, always be flexible or pliable like a reed and don't be inflexible like a cedar. Implying that there's huge value in this ability for Hoyt to accept, to accept that maybe I need a shift, maybe I need a move, maybe I need to give space to others. Those are all the facets that relate to this attribute called Hoyt. So let's just re-examine. You've got what's called netzach, one part of the human character, which is the ability to persevere, to seek victory, to keep going until you get that goal, to try and try and try and try again. And then you have hoid, on the other hand, which is acceptance, this kind of softness, this ability to move if there's a need to move. Now what's interesting is, as I said in the beginning, there are seven character traits and there are 49 facets altogether. Which basically means that every one of these character traits has a little bit of the others within them. So, in other words, each one lives in its most pristine form. So, Netzach in its most pristine form is just plain perseverance, tenacity. Nothing matters. Nobody matters. You can't shift. You don't shift. You never surrender. But then you also get Netzach as it links up with Another character trait, let's say, for example, chesed, kindness, or for today's conversation, how Netzach links up with the trait called hoid, 
Now you think, whoa, whoa, how do those link up? Netzach is about tenacity and perseverance, and Hoid is about acceptance, which incidentally is rooted in humility. It's very important to understand that, that acceptance is not just I am flexible because I need to be able to roll the punches. It's an it's acceptance. It's an appreciation of the fact that I'm humble enough to say maybe the way I was going about things will not get me to my goal, and maybe circumstances have shifted in such a way, or people have come into my life with perspectives that I hadn't thought of before, or I'm not getting anywhere with a particular way that I'm doing things because I need to be able to accept that there's a nuance or there's a shift that needs to take place. So today, as it happens, is the day when we focus on Hoi Shebenetzach, which is basically where do I find the ability for acceptance in my quest for success? Where do I find flexibility within my perseverance? And that is not so straightforward. Unsigned SMS over here, a nice SMS says, not only do you need perseverance in life, but you also need emuna. Emuna is faith in God. There's no point in pursuing anything without heart. So I'm not sure if you mean by heart that perseverance, in other words, your heart keeps pushing you to achieve, or if you say that heart is emuna, your faith in God, which sits in your heart. That's a little bit ambiguous. But yes, what is emuna? What is faith in God? It's acceptance. That's exactly what it is. It's acceptance of the fact that if God wants this to succeed, it will. And if he does not want it to succeed, I can persevere as much as I want, and I won't get anywhere. So mm, interesting stuff. And a, a couple of other messages along similar lines. Here somebody says you need a combination of the two. Be stubborn about getting your goal but flexible in the method. And uh, another one on Twitter. Some of these Twitter handles, I don't even know how you're supposed to pronounce them, says constant goals, flexible methods. So there you go. The the same kind of message. And I think that that goes back to the quote earlier or the comment earlier about the patriarchs and matriarchs. Their goals were absolute, but the methods or the path they were ready and willing to accept that maybe it wasn't everything that they had expected. And that's really where the secret lies. Flexibility should never be at the expense of tenacity. And tenacity slash perseverance should never rob us of the ability to accept and be flexible. Now, that's not easy stuff to do. And the only way to be able to balance that completely paradoxical life is going to depend on one. Somebody's again, it's an unsigned SMS. This idea of emuna does speak to the heart of this. But it's all going to depend on, on one very, very important factor, which typically you don't hear from people when they tell their story of success. I'm not, not saying you never hear it, but typically you don't hear it. Typically when a person tells you their story of success, they tell you what they did right. They may tell you what they did wrong before they got to what they did right, but pretty much their motivational piece of the speech is, this is what I did right and therefore, it's what you should do. So the person who believes that their perseverance was right, that's what they'll tell you. The person who believes that their flexibility was right, that's what they'll tell you. But fundamentally, they're going to tell you, my story of success is about what I did right. And that's something Judaism would disagree with. And that's something the mystics will teach us is where you fall down on becoming an extremist in one or the other direction. 
Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. So needless to say, of course, you get some Jewish answers coming in as well over here on Twitter. Abraham says it all depends where and when. Okay, that's true. Nobody's going to disagree with that. Chesky says someone who masters the art of both at the right time. Dean says the same thing. I think it's a combination of both. Who's flexible? Someone who's flexible when the situation requires and sticks to the gun when the situation requires. So it's interesting. A lot of people are saying similar things, but I think what's possibly missing over here in the conversation is this. What's missing in the conversation, and it's not surprising because we don't necessarily think this way, and certainly a lot of what we hear in the world of motivational speaking doesn't talk this way, is why should I succeed? Why is that important? In whichever area it is, why should I succeed? Now, the average person will say, well, why? Because I have an appetite for success, because I'd like to see my name in lights, because I'd like to have this kind of a lifestyle, because I would like to make a difference to the world, whatever it is. And that's valid. It's absolutely valid. But it's not the full story, and it's certainly not the depth of the story. From a Jewish point of view, it would be something along these lines. Why should you succeed? Well, because God put you into this world and gave you a particular set of talents and a particular dream. You didn't come up with that dream. It's a funny thing. We don't think about it often, but you didn't choose to have that dream. You didn't choose to have those talents and you didn't choose to live in that particular environment and and have the particular opportunities that you have. So the reason to be motivated to succeed is because God wasn't wasting his time putting you here and giving you those resources. So you have some kind of responsibility to him. And it's not that he gave you resources one day long ago when you started out. He's giving you resources today. And once you understand that perspective, everything shifts. So why do I persevere to succeed? Because it's expected of me. Because that's what makes my life worthwhile. Because that's what makes my little piece of God's creation, or as the Talmud says, Chayav, a person is required to say, Bishvilini the world was created for me. So maybe it's not just about my little corner of the world. Maybe the whole of creation is dependent on me persevering and, and making a success of myself. The only problem is, I don't always know if I'm going in the right direction. I don't always know if what I believe is my mission or purpose in life is actually my mission or purpose in life. I don't know. So I have to push because to sit there overanalyzing my life forever, that's useless. not going to get me anywhere. So I've got to start and I've got to go and I've got to push. And then I've got to ask myself the question, how do I know or do I know how to read the messages when Hashem tries to kind of nudge me in a slightly different direction? So that's where the hoid element comes in. Hoid is acceptance. Acceptance of the fact because it's not about me. Because it's not defined by whether I feel I'm a success or not. Because it's defined by God placed me here, gave me a unique personality, a unique set of circumstances, and a unique opportunity that no other human being will ever have. That's why I've got to, on the one hand, really push to try and make a success of my personal story. Not success as defined by the world, not necessarily to be um, listed on a Fortune 500 or whatever it's called, world's rich list, or to have my name in, in lights, or to come up with a patent. It's my journey. I have to persevere to succeed in my journey. And in order to know what my journey is, I have to have enough hoid, enough openness, enough humility, enough acceptance to listen to those messages that God will keep sending me 
to push where I need to go. And so effectively what it turns out is you push hard because you believe in God and you accept because you believe in God. <laughs> and that's hopefully how you come to a little bit of a balance between the two. Not easy stuff, right? Easy to speak about for 45 minutes on the radio. Not so easy to apply in real life. But hopefully something to get you thinking. Uh, Mike says, if the why is big enough, the how is easy. Hmm, not sure that I understand exactly what that means. But um, we'll have to leave that for another time. We're kind of out of time now. I want to wish you a good Shabbos. Sunday is Pesach Sheni. It's customary to eat some matzah on Sunday. The message of Pesach Sheni is that no matter what happens in your life, God always offers you another opportunity to fix, repair, and to move forward. And then, of course, next week, this time next week, will be Lag Ba'omer, please, God. Another beautiful holiday on the Jewish calendar with a lot of mysticism associated with it, which possibly we can touch on next week. Till then, have a great weekend, a wonderful Shabbos.